Sideboob Cinema is a retrospective movie show for adults only. Educational, satirical, transgressive. It's just entertainment and we're not out to offend, but at the end of the day, Frank Zappa said it best. You either get it or you don't. Roll the tape. Jürgen, Hans, Carl, Klaus, Fritz, Jerry, Heidi, Helga and Claudia and all the other stiff krauts out there. This is Sideboob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. My name is Ricky Allpike and joining me tonight are my fellow sauerkraut eaters, AJ and Jonathan Astro. AJ, do you like stiff German men in dark suits standing around cluttered 70s lounge rooms? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> I thought you were going to... You, you could have done... Um, a knock verse joke or something. Do you like a bit of knock verse or something like that? <laughs> no, John, do you like to nibble on a bit of sauerkraut? Uh, look, is that is that dick? Is that what you're saying? We've started off really great. Well, I know I, I know you're vegetarian, so you know. <laughs> dick what is, is out for you? You saying I'm a pussy? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, excellent stuff, uh, Ricky. Have you noticed that German names all sound like swear words? Mm. Klaus. Klaus. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, the obvious one, as I'm thinking of, is sort of a bit Germanic, isn't it? You know? Anyway, moving on. Uh, I am a linguist, as you know. Uh, so the <laughs> film is World on a Wire, 1973, Rania Werner Fassbinder, not to be confused by the handsome actor Michael Fassbinder. Uh, screenplay by Fritz Müller Schiertz. Uh, and Rania Werner Fassbinder, based on a book called Simulacron 3 by Daniel F. Galuyer. Mm. All right, that's the credits. Now, I'm going to take a stab. You people had not heard of this movie, have you? No. No, not at all. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but that's okay. This is, this is, I am Kaiser Soze. I have been planning to, to, to drop this one on you for a while. So, you know, it's one of those ones that, you have to set up a podcast and trick people into watching. <laughs> you know, there's no way. I mean, Ricky, if I said to you, oh, yeah, you and your wife should check out World on a Wire, how would that go? How did it go? <laughs> well, well, I, I went solo. She dodged a bullet there. Uh, the, you know, the length of it alone is, is, uh, is an ask, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's longer than your, your average TikTok. But uh, <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? <laughs> Oh, yeah. it, it has kind of an interesting. It, it's a strange thing because it's you know, it, it's a two-part like miniseries film. It premiered in West German on West German television uh, in 1973. It was not seen again until sometime after 2000, when uh, a single digital version began showing up on the internet and was passed around. Uh, Fassbinder fans through file sharing communities and stuff like that. But imagine being that person who saw it. Back in the day, on t on telly, and then it it turning up again, or or maybe you saw part one on Monday night and forgot to watch it Tuesday night, or missed oh. it, or may maybe you saw part two and not part one. In in a sense, it's related to it's sort of Germany's wake in fright. So it's a lost mm. film or whatever that's been rediscovered. But you yeah. raise a good point, like the fact that it was a miniseries. It lived in a time when. You, shit man you better have cleared your calendar like mm -hmm. like if you had something on the next night you're like oh i, I, I have to and you're not going to record it 
no. Unless you were, there were probably, if you were like a millionaire, you could record it. Yeah, 1973. Fuck, yeah. yeah. So it was a once-only Was Betamax deal. around then or not? No, I don't think so. No. No. Well, God, I'm no, I'm no expert. I think, as I say, if you're a millionaire, I'm sure you could have figured out something. Mm. But mm. everyone else, that was it. Did it have reruns? I mean, that's a thing. Like, reruns happen sometimes. I don't know enough about German TV, but, yeah. I mean, you know. It didn't sound like it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, it... Um, a completely restored version was shown at the 60th Berlin International Film Festival in 2010, uh, and, and it did get a release on Region 2 DVD uh, sometime after that. Uh, it's it screened at a number of festivals, including the Melbourne International Film mm. Festival, uh, the Museum of Modern Art, uh, you know, various other festivals. But the series was, was released on Blu-ray and uh, two-disc DVD by the Criterion Collection in 2012. Um, and strangely, the Criterion release has slowed down to 24 frames per second. The original was 25. Well, it's a very interesting looking film. And I think it sort of counts as a film now. It's one of these TV projects that, that uh, an artist has done that is, the artist is so good or so notable that some TV shit they've done has just worked its way into their, mm. into their oeuvre and it's been restored. And, and um, I think what helps lend it um it's very cinematic look even though it's it's uh very much a tv show is the work of the direct, director of cinematography michael uh Bauhaus, who i he might just be one of my favorite uh dops of all time he might be my favorite maybe wow. so he's, he did a lot of fassbinder's work uh and and uh, i'm almost 100 percent sure that that was what inspired martin scorsese to get him for Goodfellas and a number of his other uh, films. So, so all of my fa- all of your favorite stuff in Marty's uh, films are Michael Bolhouse, man. Like you know, or even he did Color of Money, which is so, which is you know, he's just dazzling as a, as an artist, as a you know, and something about. Um, I mean, arguably, Michael Bolhouse's work is more prominent than the director. Whenever I see, I can, I can watch a movie, and if if you know by the way he move, he does those dollies, those circular dollies, and mm. all the mirrors, which we can talk about a bit later, perhaps. Um, anyway, uh, AJ, did you watch this alone? You didn't put Frank through this, did you? No, I didn't. No, Frank couldn't handle this shit. <laughs> but you did see, you did send me a nice uh, image of your cat watching <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> with you, so. with the music in the background. Yes. So you weren't he was, alone. He was yeah. freaking out. <laughs> Had both cats with me. That strange avant-garde German electronic music. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Ruins, Herr. Up, Ich wäre Ihnen dankbar, wenn Sie Ihren Lesern gelegentlich den Unterschied zwischen einem Computer und unserem Simulationsmodell nahebringen würden. Es handelt sich um eine völlig neue Generation in der Computertechnologie. Und wem nützt sie? Uns allen, wenn es nach mir geht.
eigenen Interesse. Vergessen Sie alles, was Sie bisher erlebt haben. All right, now, stay with me. I got, I got, you, I got a synopsis for you. Oh. Here we go. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. the, fi- the film begins with a meeting of bigwigs at something called Cybernetics and Future Science, or we're just going to call it IKZ from now on, okay? Uh, they are giving an update to the Secretary of State of presumably Germany about something that they have developed, a simulation program called Simulacrum. Simulacrum. I fucked it up already. It's a virtual world that resembles ours and is comprised of around 9,000 people or identity units as they're called. The people inside Simulacron are not aware that they are programmed or that they live in an engineered world. Uh, Professor Vollmer, a technical director for the project, hints to his colleague Gunter Lauser, who's the chief of security, that he knows an incredible secret. Vollmer tells Lauser that his secret could mean the end of the world and shortly after he dies in a mysterious accident. So Volmer, uh, the dead guy, is succeeded by a rugged and handsome Fred Stiller, who is uh, to attempt to debug the uh, the computer and to iron out any problems. Uh, at a party thrown by Suskin, Sis, by Siskins, uh, that's Stiller's boss, uh, Stiller takes a shine to his voluptuous secretary Gloria, and is offered also offered, I think, a Corvette, seemingly as a sweetener for his new position. So after the party. Here we go. Lauser, the guy who saw Volmer die, discreetly asks to talk to Stiller at the party, okay? And he's just about to tell Stiller the earth-shattering secret from Volmer when Stiller becomes distracted for a split second. Gloria, the, the hot secretary, shatters a glass. So he looks back and Lauser has completely disappeared without a trace. Stiller asks around about the incident, but no one saw it. And more alarmingly, no one seems to remember Lauser at all. The mystery deepens when Stiller discovers that Volmer's hot daughter, Eva, who is Laus's niece, has no memory of her own uncle. Uh, upon further investigation, Stiller is disturbed when he's told that not only does Lauser not exist, but there's another man, Hans, who has been chief of, chief of security for, for five years. So this guy, Lauser, was, he's, you know, he doesn't exist and there's another guy who's there. So in, inside the, simul, in the simulacron, there's a unit called Einstein who knows he's artificial, okay? He's what's uh, called a, a contact unit, and it seems that in order to be able to get the program to work, you need, to, you need a unit that's self-aware. Einstein reports that another unit attempted suicide. This is a unit called Christopher Nobody. Now, in order to keep the system stable, it's decided by Stiller's colleague that the unit, uh, this Christopher Nobody, should be deleted, and he's deleted. Stiller enters the simulation to investigate this, this attempted suicide. He questions Einstein. Apparently, Christopher Nobody tried to kill himself because he had discovered that he was artificial. So before Stiller exits the simulation, he also spots Gunter Lauser inside the program. So in, simula- in the sim- simulacrum, Einstein, the self-aware identity, manages to somehow follow Stiller out of the simulation into the real world and place himself in the body of Stiller's colleague, Wolfgang. And (laughs) Einstein drops a truth bomb uh, on Stiller. He suggests that Stiller's world is also a simulation, that this was Volmer's secret from the very beginning, okay? Stiller Stiller begins to lose his grip on reality and he's hunted and persecuted by various groups. He desperately needs to find the contact unit uh, for the world he's in, the one that we thought was the real world, which we now know is a, is a simulation. He needs to find that contact unit if he's got any chance of escaping into the real world. He finally convinces another colleague, 
Ahn, the IKZ psychologist, but the man is mysteriously killed in a car accident and his death is actually pinned on Stiller. After more attempts on his life, he discovers the identity of the contact unit. It's Eva, the, uh, the hot daughter of Volma, um, she has actually had herself inserted. So she's from the real world. She's had herself inserted into the program after Volma's death. She doesn't even know Volma, I think. She's just, that's all fabricated. Eva tells Stiller that, um, that he, Stiller, is based on a megalomaniacal programmer in the real world, who she's kind of got the hots for, but she confesses her love for our Stiller, okay? Uh, he's also told that he's going to die the next day. That sort of this program's already written that it's just going to play out. He's going to die. Now, the next day, in the moments after he's been shot by the police, Eva has Stiller brought into the real world. So this is a third-order world uh, where he now inhabits the body of the, progr- the, me- the programmer Stiller. Okay? It's the real world. It's real love. World on a wire. It's real rolling around on the floor for a bit. There's a lot of rolling around on the floor. <laughs> that's, that's how it ends. Is, is they're together rolling around on the floor. And we don't see the outside world. No. I think that's interesting. Mm. What an interesting choice because you would think that at the end... They'd run. You, well, you would have the scene where they open up the windows and go, mm. oh, and you have the wide angle. step outside. You step outside, right? Mm. Which is obvious. They don't do it. I mean, and this guy doesn't do anything uh, by accident. So he's clearly getting us to ask the question, which is... What the fuck happened in this whole fucking movie? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite what I was thinking, but yes, that is that is valid. All right, come on, hit me with your experiences. Come on now. How to go? It must have been tough. Come on. It, it was tough, but he was twenty-seven. Right. That's amazing. So you're saying it was a good effort? <laughs> no, no, no. But I was like, I, I full props for being twenty-seven and pulling it off. It is an incredible achievement mm. on that level. But I mean, just the scale of it is yeah, is huge. Even it's though massive. it's TV, he still maximized. His budget totally, and he know. made four other movies that year. <laughs> Three other movies. I mean, because he, I think he did forty-four in total, you yeah. know, and he died like before he was forty or something. So mm. this guy just, you know, he did everything he could do, lived a thousand lives, and I mean, you know, he. I've, I've said I've got we've got to do more reading up on it, but I'm pretty sure I think I mentioned this. He just like they found him just in bed, just sitting there. I like to picture his eyes still open, just fag in the hand, books. All over the desk, you know, just heart just stopped, like, you wow. know, just coke and booze and good times. And dudes. And dudes. Dudes. Yeah. Oh. Dudes and chicks. Yeah. Just whatever. Really? You know. Pansexual. And he put them all in the movies. Like, like yeah. when you watch the other movies, you, you'll see the people in this. He's had relationships with a bunch of them, the guys mm. and the girls. That's amazing. You know, and then just keeps yeah. working with them. He's a know? weird looking dude too. Yeah. So he's bringing... Bringing something, bringing something. To the table. G- Germans are a different kind of weird, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> you know? They are. They certainly are. I, I, I feel like I, I should like this film, and, and it's got stuff in it that I like, you know, the sci-fi Matrix-ish mm. element and, and, and the look of it I quite like and the technology and, and, and the world and the weirdness, but I, I just, I don't think I like this movie. You know? Is it the length? I, it, it, it is the length, but... I don't know. I might. I might have to borrow a term. Yuri likes to wheel out every now and then. Oh no! The B word. Yeah. Boring. Boring. <gasps> That's big. Wow. Big talk. I don't know. It was tough, man. Like 
what, what, one of the things I noticed, and I wrote down pretty early when I was watching it, I was writing some notes. I thought this film was humorless. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's zero, and, and I know it's not a comedy, there's zero humor, but there's even zero like humorous characters. There's not even like a character that looks funny or something. You Are know? Germans funny? I don't know. Aren't they, aren't they famously serious? <laughs> I guess so. There must be funny ones out there. I think that there's, this is darkly Schultz. funny. He's got a very... <laughs> Schultz, Schultz is funny. There you go. But I think this film's darkly funny. I, think, I feel like it's... Um, when you see some of the other ones, you do... He's, he's more... His style is, is very particular. And, and this was a heavy, heavy thing. Next week, I think, is, is a better intro into him so i've come at it from a from a weird angle because this is a big project he's done for tv and it's someone else's work and the rest of it but when i think of him i think of he he has characters do very strange things like that like they're all statues they stand very very still mm. um obviously very very choreographed with the camera so no one's there's no improvising everyone's just doing uh, uh, you know and so there's, there's, you know, darkly funny images and stuff, but it's not, I mean, yeah, there's no um, uh, comic relief, mm. you know. And, and also, like, we- weirdly sexless as well, you know. Mm. I'm, I'm looking at these German chicks and the seedy bars and the smoking and the drinking, and I- I'm thinking it should be sexy, but it's not, mm. you yeah. know. But it's eyes wide shut sexy. It's cold. You know, that's, and that's 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 the thing. Like he's, I'm fascinated by him for a guy who had all these weird relationships. Like he's got a very complicated uh, relationship with sex. I don't. Okay, so I, I just go, oh look at them titties, and then what happens <laughs> after that is obvious. Okay, you know. So you're not cutting away like he is. He's setting up the scene that they're gonna fuck and then cutting away. He's doing all sorts of stuff though. He's got people b- b- doing bizarre stuff, and I'm just like, is is that cutting away though from the sex scene? Is that a TV thing? Probably. But but in 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 the second part there is nudity though. Mm. So. But at the very end, which was weird. Mm, yeah. Reward, reward for effort. <laughs> <laughs> but is it is it just me, or do all the German chicks in this film look like drag queens? Mm. Well, look, you know, I, I, I don't know what to say. AJ, what do you reckon? <laughs> there's a, there's white face as well. There's a lot of white like, face. It yeah. doesn't help that everyone's <laughs> no, got heavy makeup that's on. Right, that's... Maybe that's what you're getting at. Is like. They've got heavy makeup on, mm. they're bombshell but, but the costumes are also strangely, I don't know, over the top. Well, and... maybe it could come out now and, get, you know, maybe we don't need a, a, a Me Too Meter tonight because they're all <laughs> trans. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's saying something about Fassbender himself, like he likes his chicks to really be dudes. Mm. Well, no, but he's, he's all messed up because he's got like the, I mean, what about all the scenes with the hunks? Like oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> the black so, the black hunks that was amazing black hunks but the first thing cutting the sausages but in Siskin's uh, pool pool party mm. oh, I like that pool guy, party there's just a I mean it's an incredible set like just mm. the most amazing set modular sort of pool and you know indoors there's just a a, a beefcake in the pool with like <laughs> with like these r- the rings that are attached to the ceiling he's just like pulling himself up yeah, and doing yeah. weird stuff like. <laughs> You know, like old school, like 1950s Olympics sort of stuff, yeah, you know. Yeah. And so he was a hunk. And then 
you know, we obviously we'll talk about the club in a sec, but then there was a, a shot of Stiller. He stands like in front of a, a, a statue of David slowly doing mm. up his fly. Oh, which yeah, I think I'm going to do from now on. Yeah. <laughs> Freak Katie out. Yeah. I've got to say bodybuilders should never dance. Don't, don't you think that's disturbing? The, the club is is just filled with 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 black and brown hunks and just. topless chicks, but they're just an ornaments. Really, the dudes are really prominent. Mm. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So there's a lot of big dudes, and I lo- like he uses big dudes the way Russ Meyer <laughs> uses titties. Right. Like he just loves it. They're all around. Like like and and I think maybe that's why. He's a complicated artist, and people he, he might get away with it now. Although he's white and cis, but that that it's it's really strange how the characters move through and occupy the on-screen space in this film, which I thought was was interesting. And there's one there's one scene where Stiller is talking to a couple of dudes, like in this. It's quite a, a lavish office, and and then he sort of walks almost full circle around the office, but mm. through three doors on his way to another chair to sit on the kind of the opposite side of the room. Well, that's know. the humor. The humor comes out of, out of the camera and the blocking. So, it, it, although it, because he's bored with with their discussion, they're talking. I think they're talking about um, uh, the one of the threads in in the in the in the, in the, the movie is that. Um, the whole point of this simulation is that it's meant to give big business figures uh, an insight into into uh, you know whether we're going to be using steel or what kind of transportation we're going to need in twenty years. So it's a, the simulation is a way of giving you know it's got a very practical capitalistic thing, and they're moaning on about that, and they want they want him to to um, uh, run some of those simulations in the world he's created. And he's just bored. He's walking around and he's walking through those doors. And I guess it's a rather unsubtle uh, way of suggesting as well of going through these doors into different levels, different rooms. And, you know, I mean, that goes along with all the mirrors. There's like a thousand mirror shots in this. So, you know, where we get people talking and then there's people reflected in mirrors next to them, around them, behind them. We pan from real people to... um, reflections all the time so there's this constant interplay between real images as we understand them and reflected images you know which is just like so dazzling when you think about it because you're constantly going oh yes very good you know you know there's always another shot where stiller is looking through a a, um a fishbowl yeah and you go oh yes very good like Mm. you know Mm. so a, a a controlled world where he's can see how everything uh works you know yeah there's also quite a lot of screens in in uh, a lot of the sets, you know, sort of decorative screens. And there's one scene I think where Stiller is like standing there for a while, observing. I think is it is it Eva that at the desk or something, and he's just sort of like or just in shot a little mm. bit. He's like mm. behind this there's screen, a big standing there for him. ages. Mm. Yeah, just weird stuff like that, mm. you know. And and there's telly there's telly screen stuff. You know, do you remember distinctly? 20 or, 20 or so years ago, a little bit more maybe, it, when you'd see movies, doesn't matter when it was, of people talking to each other on video, you just went, huh, that don't ever happen. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. I did it, it been, I did it today in the car. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I just remember, I mean, this is 1973, mm. you know, and they just had tele, like, tele, like video phones and stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was terrible quality, but then again... It it is strange though, 
not a lot of people and i read this recently not a lot of people actually use facetime i don't think like because you'd think i mean when we were thinking 20 years ago of this sort of technology that everyone will always be talking like face to face like screen time sort of thing but but the tendency is for people not to do that i guess because people or call everyone well texts. yeah it's all text yeah mm. But but people people prefer a, an audio uh, an audio conversation because I guess self conscious about David Foster the way Wallace you look talks about it in Infinite Jest. He's got a he whole does. chapter about yeah. it where people, you know, they bring out video phones and then everyone becomes self conscious and they can't because they used to do all this other stuff when they were just talking on the phone and now they've got to be a hundred percent focused and they be, they can't deal with it and then eventually. They start selling these masks that you can wear to make yeah, yourself yeah, yeah. Diff, more beautiful and whatever that you can but, wear. But you know what? That 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 predicted the kind of filters you can now have on, exactly. on Instagram, which is fucking amazing how he, he predicted that. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, nude hugging. So me fully clothed <laughs> and a chick nude just hugging me. You enjoy it? What's not to like? You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just, it's, it's because people could say why, and you go, oh well, it's obvious. It's like it's a power thing. Like you've you've got your clothes on, they're fully nude, and you can just yeah, and that's that's the end of the story, Ricky. <laughs> you actually blew my mind last week with the um the one boob. So I'm I'm here for any revelate more revelations. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. <laughs> So, so there is a, a scene sort of late in the first part that explains the computer system sort of more explicitly. Mm. Do, do you think this should have come at the beginning? And I, I know what you're going to say. I know you're going to say that I want things to be laid out for me and I want form and structure, but there's a lot of weird things that we're being, being asked to sit mm. through in this film, you know, so helping us out, throwing us a bone and explaining some shit a little earlier probably would have Well, there's some confusing stuff early on. So, I mean, look, that's it. That's a... Uh, an interesting point and yeah do, how much do you tell people straight away you know is it enough to just give them a bit of mystery are they going to sit through it are they not who knows but there's a scene where Stiller is walking through the street and he gets a asks for a light off a woman and then uh, yeah. walks away and she's crushed by <laughs> concrete I yes about that is that happening in <laughs> yeah. simulacrum or in uh, in the real know. world because it's if you follow the story up to that point he's sort of come from what we thought was a real world location. We did, we weren't told that he was in, mm. in the simulation, you know? So that's another example of, I, I, I have been lost before, but I must say the second time watching it this week, even, you know, I was, I was like, okay, now I'm into it. You, you watched it start to finish twice. Yeah, pretty much. Fucking hell. Did, didn't have much on this week. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped through, but you know, like I, I covered most of it. He, he does that sh- like shitty action roll to get out of the way of the bricks too, doesn't mm. he? He does, yes, yes. It reminds me of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. Funny show. No. He's a little yeah. pocket rocket. He he is a physical dude. Like the way he jumps over that, that sort of fence at the, the mm. like the cabin. He's and getting very close to... But he's he scales like that Putin's body. Here. Hey... hey. Wait, Putin. Oh, sorry. Don't yeah. What are you doing? Putin-esque. Yeah. People, just park this. Park this stuff. <laughs> Ruining it. Oh uh, yeah. So I, I've I've got a few questions. So, what's the difference between the the real world and this simulated one? You know, like like we don't really get 
a sense of that like because if there's no discernible difference if the higher world isn't better than the lower one then what what difference does it make which world you're in you know what what why should we care that's great what a great question like like and it's so much better because in the matrix they they complicate it well or they make it more simple because the real world kind of sucks mm. and so you're like oh you've got to choose between a sucky real world and the matrix which is a, a normal world whereas mm. here you have to choose i think more subtly between we're talking about what's real what's authentic what's important and we just have a very low tolerance for things that aren't authentic so you know for instance aj fake titties i don't care how real they are i don't want them <laughs> okay i don't want them not, some people some, some blokes would say if i could touch them they are real so. i know but those guys are cypher in the matrix they they just go i want the steak and i, I want it tastes good and you know i i thought the real world should have chicks that don't look like trans women and then still i was trying to get to the higher reality with the hotter chicks with the hotter chicks that, that, that that's the movie he's like i hear there's a, a world it's like water world but with hot chicks yes he, <laughs> yeah he somehow he glimpses that higher world and he goes oh my god the chicks they're like a different kind of chick they're like real chicks Tens. and the ones we have here like just why do they have dicks like so it could just be about moving to venice beach <laughs> or something he's like i just want to go to a place where there's tens <laughs> It's like that thread in Love Actually. Doesn't that what the English guy does? He yeah. goes to America and he comes back with Denise Richards and someone else. Yeah. Oh. Shannon Elizabeth, maybe. Yeah. Yes. And, and what's up with that filthy kid in the department store? Yeah, I don't know. You know, that's, that's weird. Like he talks to... what he, They do talk to each other, don't they? Or? But there's, but there's, there's and a he few follows still though. around. But there's red herrings, though, because... I think at that point, I'm guessing at that point, he's on the hunt for the contact unit of this world, the he, of the world that we thought, because there are fake outs. Like early on, you know, what someone says, you know, uh, Schiller and his colleague enter and then the, the cop set, goes up to the other guy and says, oh, Schiller, nice to meet you. And he goes, and he's all horrified. He's like, oh, no, I've been deleted or whatever. And then he's like, oh, sorry, it's a misunderstanding, you know. So there are red herrings in it. So we are also guessing who who the contact unit is going to be mm. and it mm. quite brilliantly turns out to be eva because she disappears earlier which is really clever yeah i never got that like he he goes on a hot date with her takes her home goes in because i think he wants you know, <laughs> you know. and uh he follows her in and she's disappeared completely there are no kids in this film except for that one kid so that, that's also weird if there were more kids just like incidental kids around which Fellini would have had kids in here somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he <would> <laughs> yeah, he would have. But a 27-year-old like German yeah. bisexual man who loves hunks, he's got no time for kids. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's got no time for kids. What, uh, what the fuck is this cabaret singing? You know, it's, it's half out of tune singing, half speaking, and I'm, I'm going to go on the record to say it's shit. I hate it. And... <laughs> <laughs> a strong response <laughs> no i hated it i hated it and and who goes to these weird cabaret bars in the middle of the day like he leaves one of them and it's like what it's a like midday you, yeah. you know, a <laughs> you know? imagine that i like, go oh, i've got this great cabaret bar it's hidden it's during the day and you go oh why the fuck would i want to do that like, you know? <laughs> why would i want to listen to out of tune singing well that's a good point look uh, it's it's a sort of a a drag-ish performance of Marlena Dietrich. So 
you know, it, she's doing a, a ridiculous Marlena Dietrich mm. impression. Um, the Boys in the Back Room. Is that from one of my favourite westerns with James Stewart? I think she sings it in that film. And it's um, a lot more... You'll see the original and you go, oh, okay, that's what it's meant to sound like. So, the, so it's definitely a lot of swagger and really weird. And I think he likes that and because he doesn't want it to be good. He mm. wants it to be weird and mm. it is weird. And because she's sort of going like... It's like really, you know, giving it a lot. Mm. Or not giving it enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not that into it. I could take or leave. That. You are into it. That and the tap dancing, you love it all. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do, I do like tap dancing. <laughs> could have been more tap dancing. So I've got a a couple of other, well, just a couple more random questions. Why, Why does he ask Gloria if her measurements are still the same like because it, it he knows her measurements like mm. oh you're 34 36 whatever mm, mm, mm. and then she's like oh no i've put on a bit more weight i'm now a whatever well it's just mm. patriarchy you just gotta you just gotta get the measurements just ask them and they <laughs> tell them and you just know them and then when they're not when they're not keeping up you just remind them you just, uh, <laughs> putting a bit on aren't you and, and, and she has no qualms about like giving no. that information she's in, she, this is the world she lives in mm. you know the, the, the it, it reminds me of that episode in Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry David has to buy a bra for his housekeeper who, <laughs> yeah. who doesn't wear one <laughs> and Cheryl is going crazy watching these things flop around and so he's he's got to learn a little bit about sizing so he looks at Cheryl's bra size and he gets caught and he looks at Susie's, Susie's and gets yeah. caught and <laughs> everyone thinks he's an well, epic yeah, perv. No, uh, knowing measurements is is for has for a long time been very unacceptable. Like knowing someone's measurements, people saying measurements, asking for them, knowing them, if this is all off the table. Like it's not something that you can do. You can't say, what are your measurements? Mm. You know, so, you know. Don't do it. And there's there's one other random thing that caught my eye. There's there's this weird scene where Stiller and I, I think it's Siskins maybe they're spinning in their office chairs for ages. Mm. <laughs> playful, yeah, <laughs> lighthearted in no time. No, but you didn't like the playful stuff because you you were, you had other problems. So if you liked it, you'd be like, oh, I love that, you know. Because <laughs> there's other stuff like the way Stiller lo- knocks on doors. He always does it with two hands. Oh two hands on every door. But but I was thinking also like all these strange things that 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 people are doing and the way you know the sort of. Um, the the extras in the scene kind of stand there robotically. Like I I thought, are they real people? Are they robots? So right. I guess that sort of great question plays into that 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 whole thing. But know. that's what he does in other movies too. Yeah, they're very yeah. robotic. They are. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's sort of in the man it's meeting his... the moment. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So it's yeah. not the simulation. It's just fascinating. No, that's his well, it's style. both. It's, you know, he's <laughs> he's the perfect for this story because he's he's got he sees the world as as people standing in these tableaus and mm. just you know you have a scene where people are just someone's just 
you know, <laughs> even Stiller when he gets shot by yeah. a million times, he does his stands in oh, his pose yes. for like 30 <laughs> seconds and then he falls down, which is great. Like mm. that, you'll never forget that. That's like in Blue Velvet with the guy in the yellow jacket who's been shot and he's just standing there. Mm. Like that's, this, these are the things that stick with you, you know, time and again. And like even the just... crowd scene they're, when they're panning out, most mm. of them are standing there, but they sometimes they move. They're not definite statues, mm. but you're still drawn to them. And then the yeah the zoom out. Mm. <laughs> Ricky's unconvinced. Completely. Well, it's time for keeper or creeper, I think. Jeepers creepers, where'd you get those peepers? Jeepers creepers, where did you get those eyes? Creeper. So we got a. You know, rather inappropriate, uh, you know, sort of horning in on, on, on this segment. And, you know, I'd like you people to take it a bit more seriously. So firstly, <laughs> we've got uh, now my German is going to be tested here. Klaus Lowitsch as Fred Stiller. Muscular, sort of stocky, but I do like the way you guys described it. I, he does have the uh, a Putin energy. Yeah. And because we yeah. saw him in just pants a lot, like topless. Yeah. So. Yes. He's yeah, got a boxer pants. sort of stance and physique. Mm. Yes. And he's also got that booze and fags, but I work out body. Yes. So, which I think Putin's got a bit of as well. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, definitely masculine energy, mm. I, I would say, which is interesting because he's a computer programmer. So, That's I mean, true. that doesn't always normally go. I mean, no, uh, Frank. You know. <laughs> yes. He's <laughs> very different. Yeah. Popular with the ladies. Mm. So that's the you know th- we've talked about this. It's good to have good endorsements, and it, it is definitely, definitely uh, uh, you know got a few ladies on the go. One mark against though. I mean, look, it, it's only happened once, but I mean, what what's your view on on love taps? <laughs> you know, I mean, just once, just well, once, just once. Nothing, nothing serious. No heat. No nothing. <laughs> just just a little, you know, just a little schmack. You know, so. Just one. And you're naked. That's true. So, anyway, that's something to consider, but a lot going on for him there. Um, other than that, um, yeah, so that's that Stiller. D- d- does height matter to you, AJ? Well, you do see him when... So he's... But you, you he is shorter he, than every woman in this film. He's shorter. So he's, sh- he's not tall. He's quite physical, as you say. He's We get mm. to see that real long shot of him climbing over fences and we see him rolling on stuff. So he's... Throwing his body into into everything, mm. so maybe that's good. I don't know, but yeah, he's not tall, so uh, we, we do. I mean, Ricky is a real heightist. Like he's the one always. <laughs> he even he even brings height into mano a mano. Like he's saying it all the time. He's like, oh, how tall is this guy? Well, is this guy tall? So he's thinking about it. And he's he's on a tall celeb guy heights well. always. But he's a tall guy as well. So that's even like, I mean, that makes it worse that he's sort of like he's sort of holding yeah. it over everyone. You don't have short man like, syndrome. But did, didn't you grow up like like? Comparing basketball cards and going, oh, Shaq's this tall and Hakeem's <laughs> yeah. that tall and yeah. Matumbo, oh, he's got an extra inch on those guys. Yeah. Like an extra inch, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the All full right. nine. Okay, next up, Gottfried John as Einstein. So very different, different okay. here. <laughs> Lean and tall. <laughs> Indifference. <laughs> I just think it's good to have a contrast <laughs> between two different pe- people. Einstein's just as good as anyone else. Um, lean and tall, okay. Quite pale. Um, 
But I think that's because he's got a lot on his mind. So he might just be going through some stuff, you know. I think. <laughs> but I would say he's a snappy dresser. Certainly a snappy, a snappier dresser than than Stiller. I think he likes those those gangster scarves. <laughs> he does. You know those ones, the ones that yeah. are sort of short towel like yeah. gangster scarves, which I think you know that's got a little something. <laughs> um, what he, what makes him special, AJ, is that he's a man of ambition. Mm. Okay. He wants to take it to the next level. I mean, you probably know people who don't even want a promotion because it comes with too much responsibility. He, <laughs> yes. He's a man who, who you know, he knows what he wants mm. and he wants um, to, to, to uh, hit the next world. <laughs> Maybe with you, for you, who knows? So that's him. Um, Einstein, <laughs> we've got him. Uh, and Stiller, he's... He's on the menu also. Does, does it matter that Einstein's not, not real? He's not real, is he? Are you real? <laughs> Who knows? Well, he's real. Well, I think what uh, Ricky... No, he's a heightist, but he's also um, a, a realist. <laughs> he doesn't like people who are in, uh, you know, simulations, clearly. It's different from having a waifu pillow. Like, it's not like he's a waifu pillow. This is... He's real. He's conscious, you know. This is very Blade Runner. Yeah. Well, you've got to choose how you want to live your life. So, all right. AJ, talk to me. Sheila and Einstein, what have we got? There's so many dudes in this movie. Well, I wasn't just going to pick the hunks. No, but I thought, do you know what? I thought that you might pick the journalist. Creep. Creeper. (laughs) So would he have been a creeper? Ultimate creeper. They, him and the secretary, weirdos. Yes. Kink swinger, yes. swinger energy. Yes. yes. I appreciated those. But anyway, back to the Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, I, I can't, I can't even answer it. <laughs> I'm getting. <laughs> can't even say it's... it. Can't even give him oh. the d- dignity he deserves. That, no, that schnoz. Is right. That something. was big, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was big. Yeah, so the fact no. that he's a, he's a simulation is not as bad as the schnoz. No, <laughs> simulation, okay. whatever. Okay. Nah, I can't. Creeper. I can't do it. Creeper sweep. Creeper sweep. Yeah, I can't. Still a Nah. He's... So don't no. you not like the Putin energy? <laughs> I don't think I do. Because some shit, someone likes it. Definitely. Yes. Cause, because cause, it's quite powerful. Know, I always talk about this 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 thing that d- dazzled my mind. Whenever I say it, Katie just says you're a pig. <laughs> so, you know, someone I know, um, he his wife said to me once, like, because I said, oh, what do you think of, like, big muscly dudes or whatever, like, big dudes, like, all that. And she said, she goes, oh, you know, I'm not that, in, I'm not that, not that into it or whatever. She goes, but I've I got friends who are into it. I go, I go, really? Why? What's, what's the deal? And she goes, you know, some chicks like to be thrown around. Yeah, definitely. And I heard that and I went, it just dazzled the mind. Mm. <laughs> See, like yeah. your, your one boob thing last week. Yeah, I yes. dazzled the mind. I just, it just sent me reeling until it got me questioning everything. I was just like, yeah, dude. And now when I walked, so I walk down the street and I look around, I see a chick and I get served by or something. And I go, does she like to be thrown around? Did it inspire you to work bit. out? Um, yeah, a little bit. But, um, but then, but it's, but. I'm with Katie, so if she, I've got to ask her whether she's it. Because, I mean, I don't know. Does she want to be thrown around? Maybe I should ask her first. Anyway, we'll, we'll just watch this space. <laughs> I'll get jacked. <laughs> Let's see. 
Anyway, um, that was to say that some some people like put some chicks out there. Some chick is going like, oh, really love that Putin look. Yeah, but he, he, like I said, pocket rocket. Did you see him standing next to C- Siskins? He was tiny. Mm. Yeah, he's okay. small. Yeah, all right, let's come. Yeah. See, height, height matters. It does well, matter. Like it yeah. doesn't usually this much, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it's not. But, it, no, no, but no if, fun. It, if it's included with a lot of stuff, like you know, it, it, it'd be different if it was like Joe Pesci or something. Yeah, definitely. A little chihuahua. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll keep it sweet. <laughs> Sorry about that, OJ. We'll, we'll try again next time. No, I loved it. Is it is it trivia time? Yep. Okay, so this is uh, writer-director Fassbender's only work of science fiction. Um, you thought it was one too many. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sort of, yeah. Uh, Fassbender was only 27 years old when he directed this, which we mentioned before. Um, I'm very light on trivia today, so I had to, to cast my net further afield. Barbara Valentin nicknamed the German Jane Mansfield. Uh, she plays, um, who does she play? Gloria. Uh, was close friends with Freddie Mercury and features in the Queen video clip, It's a Hard Life. Oh. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so I have some trivia that shows the similarities between this film and The Matrix. So in both films, uh, it's possible for characters to enter from above into the simulation to a desired place, person, and circumstance via linking their consciousness into the simulation. Uh, Dr. Fred Stiller uses a telephone booth to enter and leave from the simulation when he meets uh, with Einstein in the French Hotel and in The Matrix, telephones and phone booths are also used to transfer uh, from the Matrix to reality. And in each film, it's possible to get severed or even killed in the simulation. Mm. So uh, I don't know that much about the history of the Matrix, but obviously it draws inspiration from a number of different places. So it, it, it must draw quite a bit from this film. Yeah, but I, I mean, as you say, that you said at the beginning, it was a lost film. Mm. I mean, I'm, I am itching to, to uh, stick it to the Wachowskis for being thieves in the night here, but I am going to have to but, say... But, well, but this is based on a book, though, so maybe the book... Mm. Sure, sure. Maybe they, maybe they read the book um, as uber nerds. And, you know, I mean, this is just a good lesson in, in knowing a thing or two. Because twenty five years or you know before the Matrix and and as groundbreaking as the Matrix that first film is and we all love it and everything, people I mean think of the memes that have been started because of that that film and you know clearly, I mean it's a bit embarrassing a lot of the ideas I mean the, some people could say the ideas are thousands of years old or whatever but but in a modern context, all of it's in this movie, as well you know and I know it's not it doesn't have Trinity, you know a manish. <laughs> Uh, warrior leather wearing warrior (laughs) woman and everything but at the same time yeah i don't know it's always really irks me um that this is this is uh this is around and that maybe hasn't gotten any any credit Mm. and it should have because it's it's quite i mean the way they're talking about computers i mean Mm. I, i mean you wouldn't have found anyone in australia talking about computers the way they're talking about computers in 1973 in this movie like I mean, I mean, I'm talking about in the '90s, <laughs> like in, in the '80s, like the 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 stuff that they they're, they're just saying, like I mean, what? Yeah. 1973, mm. and they're saying 
words that I mean, I mean what the hell even is a computer to those people? Mm. You know? Yeah. yeah and yeah. and 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 it's just the way they um the way that uh Fassbinder has um dramatized uh, the 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 all, all of it is 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 quite clever, you know, even down to the, you know, how do we get in like that you look at a screen and you see the POV on the screen, then we cut to the POV mm. of the driver, where, of the guy we're taking over. I mean, that's well, that's all good stuff. Anyway. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the now, this, this isn't trivia related, but I was uh, I was interested because there is, there's music in this film that's that's sort of drawn from other places. Like there's a Fleetwood Mac song and, and a few other different classical things. But there's like avant-garde electronic music in this film. And uh, there's a famous electronic music studio uh, at WDR Radio uh, Studios in Cologne, which WDR had something to do with the making of, of this film. And they had one of one of the only, or well, one of the first electronic music studios uh, in Europe. Uh, I think it was started in the 1950s. And I wonder if they used that equipment to make some of this electronic noise. Because a lot of people don't, re- like, you know, living today, growing up, you know, in the 90s or whatever, don't realise, like, back in the 50s and 60s and even into the early 70s, like, to have an electronic music studio meant you had to go to a university or you had to go to a radio station and these things took up rooms, mm. you know, to make this sort of... Elect- I mean, now you just use your computer, whatever, keyboards, you know, they're, they're everywhere. But back in those days, it was it was a lot harder to Physical make connections, moving yeah, yeah, one yeah. thing, plugging it into Patching another. Patching cords in, twisting knobs, all that sort of stuff. So, And I, I, tr- I did some research. I couldn't find out whether there was any link between the, 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 the music in this film and that particular electronic music studio, but I wouldn't be surprised if they... There are some crossovers sound. between Fassbinder uh, and Krautrock as the years go on. So it, it, he certainly... Because he's a towering figure in German cinema and was right there in Berlin when all that shit was going off. Yeah. So I feel like Chinese Roulette, another film he did, and a few others, more directly go for it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Again, watch this space. Uh, one last thing I'd say. i just say, can we get back to questioning reality, mm-hmm. please? I mean, I know I bagged out the Matrix a ago, but fucking hell, so much more interesting than than race and gender like you know just don't question my reality okay <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing but that's the thing so we in 1999 and obviously in 1973 and other times in history we've reached a point where we're like what is reality is this mm. my reality what is what is my point of view we are in a point now where people say my truth you know and what is, is a woman what is, what a, is woman? a man what is a man and whatever and you say no but like what they not they never say what is reality yeah we notice that those people never say what is reality they always say, yeah, they go, you know, oh, it's whatever I identify as. Mm. And I go, yeah, in what? And then mm. they go, oh, I, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, here's, here's pictures of me in my furry outfit with my big balls <laughs> out of, the, of the outfit. And you go, what has this got to do with anything? <laughs> anyway, just, just philosophical questions would be nice. Yeah, because they're not searching for anything past themselves. That's true, though. Identities, but this movie's not about identity, no. like necessarily. Well, I guess in a, in a way it is because he's 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 lost without mm. the world around him. Whereas now you're like the world needs to conform it, to, to me, me mm. you know, and my kinks. Like there wasn't any talk of kinks in this, really. No one, Schiller didn't say, you know, like I don't know. I like to be paddled and <laughs> dress up as a schoolgirl and you know and whatever, you know. Yeah, and. He, he liked it when she said that she put on weight. 
It's like more, more of you love. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. So there you go. He's got a bit of a fat fetish there. Yes. <laughs> he put mm. on He's a feeder. <laughs> I know. It was enough back then, though. Yeah. I feel like scarcity was a thing. You know? <laughs> All right. Is it that time again? Is it time for the Me Too meter? All right. Well, Bechtel test, that's how we always start. Informal way to evaluate bias against women in films and other media. You're doing the Bechdel test at home. I know you are. A worker said to pass the Bechdel test if it has two named women who talk about it, talk no, talk to each other about something other than a, other than a man. Eva Gloria Mayer. Lots of women who never speak to each other. Mm. Okay, it's all about Stiller, Stiller, Stiller. <laughs> mm. Stiller can't stop thinking about this big hunk of man. All right, so uh, fail. Mm. All right. Is there not one scene where two women talk to each other? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like three and a half hours. Mm. (laughs) Well, yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's failed. All right. They blew it. So that's that. (laughs) The tech company in the film is just another white male tech bro setup, one that we are working overtime to correct. It's about the nature of reality. Uh, uh, Stop focusing on identity politics, you'll say. Well, I'll focus on what I want, okay? And I want more women in STEM and I want this stupid Kraut movie to feature a strong and powerful woman as a CEO. Uh, But all that stuff about using the program to help big business, uh, that's got to go, all right? Because it wouldn't be appropriate to paint all women in that kind of light. So that's just a little bit of some notes there if you're thinking of the remake. Uh, Gloria, the buxom blonde, announced herself as a gift from Siskins, Ooh. because that's what women are, Ricky. Commodities to be bought, sold, and given away by powerful men. Stiller then says that she's a sight to behold, which is a microaggression at best and uh, probably rape at worst. Uh, there also seems to be an endless discussion of her measurements 42, 26, 39, 39 and a half from all that sitting, they say. This woman is just a cut of meat for Stiller. And further, she's being told to keep impossible beauty standards. (laughs) Uh, Although, uh, as you mentioned, he is a chubby chaser. So that's... (laughs) The 0.5. I thought it was more than that. So that's good. So that's good. That's a chubby chaser, you know. (laughs) A quick shot of Playboy uh, magazine Mm. we see in one scene. Very quick. And uh, I had to pause it. Teardrop. Make sure. (laughs) Just to make sure. Uh, which, you know, Playboy, as we know, rape manual for men and boys. So just <laughs> keep that out there. Uh, Gloria takes Stiller to a groovy kind of club, but alarmingly <laughs> the place seems to be filled with black and brown muscular hunks and topless women from a diverse background. Now, when we say we wanted more diversity, we meant substantial roles, okay? Hamlet and shit. Not just naked black and brown <laughs> bodies gyrating to music. This isn't the progress we asked for. All right. And finally, in one terrifying scene, Eva, fully naked, hugs Stiller. And after pleading with him to stay, smacks her in the face. This is the hero of the film, a a Weinsteinian uh, figure who takes women, slaps them around, and doesn't want them to embarrass him in the hotel lobby. (laughs) (laughs) That's that. Anything else jump out? I've mentioned the hunks, uh, Mm. so I don't know whether that's good or bad. They're not trans. Maybe that's bad. Um, but Ricky says the women look like trans performers. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, they maybe do. that's good. 
Um, Fassbender's gay. Mm. Well, he's bi, but he sort of leans more to what... He's gay, but... He's bi, but, you know... He's gay. I think the men have won. Yeah. yeah. They've won the war. Mm. The battle was... Women lost the, the battle and the men, the big hunks, won the war. Yeah. Of his penis. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I don't know whether that's good. Yeah. Um, that's something, that's right? Good. That's something. It's something. It's something. Yeah. It, it's and and I fact that the fact that it is his work is sexless would appeal to mm. modern wokesters because they don't like passion. They don't like anything like the the animalistic stuff. They don't like anything like that. They like like sterile and um, transactional. Transactional, weird. Yep. Um, I'll send yeah. you a dick pic. You send me yeah picture of your tits. You know. Or yeah, or your tits and your dick. Yeah, you know, together. like together, <laughs> together. <laughs> in the same shot, please. In the same shot, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? What do you What do you reckon? What do, What do, when you? I mean, you thought it was boring, so maybe. I mean, what's the old the old test? It's Boxing Day. We pop it on. <laughs> you say, "Okay, guys, everyone, sit down." I got a. How long you got? Four hours. Yeah. Good. Do you have five hours up your sleeve? People so, aren't. Well, people aren't. No. No, <laughs> people would hate you if you put this on. Yeah, they would. Well, I've done, I've I've done some st- stuff like that. Maybe not this particular film, but I've put on films where people have like, yeah, walked away and just stood up, <laughs> just and gone, gone to the Ugh. kitchen. Yeah, they just stood up and stretched and gone and walked away and never come back and stuff. And that's why I don't I don't do it anymore. It's too much. I'm trying that's to change heartbreak. their. You're looking their around, life. going, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking at them, going, hey, what do you think of this yeah, one? And they're right. just like. No. <laughs> Space Cadet. <laughs> they weren't. They don't want to watch Fassbinder. No. <laughs> I, I I do have to say though, as a side note, like these tough films to watch, I I, I find them easier to watch with someone else, because then at least mm. you can have a little bit of, you know, oh check this out or what the fuck was that? Oh, or, did you see see that see those titties? Yeah, did you see those ones. <laughs> oh, good. You go, yeah, I saw them. <laughs> yeah, run it back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It is it is tougher when you're alone. I would, yeah. Katie's not going to watch this. Though I have tried. I think she falls asleep. You know, that's the worst. Mm. Falling asleep, and I'm just like, don't get all angry. You know, like why did you fall asleep? Yeah, just just pause it until they wake up and then just play again. That's <laughs> ultimate. Ultimate. They wake up and then and then you're sitting there and then you just press play again. <laughs> Still am, and you go, no, no, we're going to watch the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I don't know. I think I don't think this is very toxic. No, I don't, I don't, no, think, I don't think so. I don't think it's um, very. Yeah, I think it's probably it's a line call. I think it's five yeah. because it's in yeah. either beholder. Like you've got to. I mean, if you're a wokester and you hate everything and ha- hate everything and everyone, you'll find something. But um, I feel like, yeah, the, the Guardian could write about this and be pretty proud of themselves. I think. Mm. Yeah, and they'd say, "Oh, what a dazzling film and brave and stunning and all that," and and they'd never and act like they've never said anything identity based ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we'll leave that there then.
Um, now, just quickly, while I have you, uh, the boobometer today. Now, technically, what are we? I think it's probably 1.5, 1.75 sets, maybe, mm. if we add it all up. So, one full, and then we've got maybe sort of brief glimpses or sort of almost. So, now, uh, Masha Rabin as Eva Volmer, uh, Barbara Valentin as Gloria From. So, firstly, we do get a, a straight up look at Masha, okay? Now, small, but perfectly fine, okay? Real <laughs> fine, teardrops. you know? Like, teardrops, some people might say weird looking, but I don't care. It's all good. So don't change a thing. Don't, don't do anything. Leave them. Leave them. Okay? Barbara Valentin, Gloria from Now, special mention here because although we don't see the full set on screen, we do catch a glimpse of her ample cleavage. And in another scene, uh, we see that part. It's not boob. It's it's not arm. It's kind of the cleft here. Okay? Now, this is always welcome in my book, you see. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Very good. Is that technically part of the side boob? I think it is. I think what we're talking about here is is side boob. Yeah. Like upper side boob. Upper, upper so cleft side so. boob. <laughs> Outstanding stuff. You know, this is... <laughs> you want to know what's... Yeah, well, see, see, Ricky, you, wanted, you asked the question, Ricky, what's the difference between reality and reality? Reality is that. That's reality. And you go, you can't fake that. That's good stuff. Now, uh, although not in this film, we do... Now, this comes from uh, Ricky um, because although he sent me no directorial information, nothing on this film about behind yes. the scenes, nothing, no interviews, no nothing. But he did send me about three links to separate websites where he's like, oh, he's just helping you with the boobometer. So, you know, he did send so me we, some. I clicked, we, I clicked on them. But um, Marjeet uh, Carstensen's... Uh, set we do see in a film called Chinese Roulette which we're not going to cover but that's a first film and I remember that being quite a good film um, but a user on Nude Base says quote in the drama Chinese Roulette released in 1976 uh, Margit uh, Carstensen appears in boobs scene she shows naked boobs here <laughs> <laughs> close quote I couldn't, I couldn't even get it out she shows naked boobs here so, <laughs> this is the kind of journalism we need more of. <laughs> Give the people what uh, they want. Give the people what they want. <laughs> All right, that's the boom moment. Uh, I think a half slide whistle is fine. <laughs> Very good. Uh, excellent. Well, got uh, two, two reviews for you. Um, I'm not going to read the Ebert one. Ebert's a big fan, but I found something from... Uh, from a website or a publication called Film School Rejects. It's actually sort of a mini essay on this particular film. Um, and uh, I've got a little quote here. By its premise, World on a Wire may seem like far-fetched, mind-bending, escapist flair. However, Fassbender employs his signature uh, distrusting and anti-authoritative mood to explore the political and cultural stagnancy of post-war Germany. He, exp uh, he expresses his suspicions of capitalism and corporate forces, all the while infusing the miniseries with philosophical meditations on the human condition. Most sci-fi flicks use special effects to render a futuristic setting, whereas World on a Wire relies on modern European architecture, reflecting surfaces, 
and early 1970s fashion to coalesce an uncanny, familiar, albeit detached, conception of the future. Ultimately, Fassbender implements a distortion of natural settings, a paranoid tone and unforgettable performances to tell the story of World on a Wire. Now, my next review comes from IMDb. Amazing. Someone calling themselves Bento D. Espinoza. Uh, this comes from a 2020 review uh, titled Overrated. Is this you all, Pike? <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, I belong to that group of people who dislike mainstream slash action Hollywood movies. But, folks, that does not mean that all art films are good. What is the use of an art film if it's boring? World on a Wire is extremely boring. It starts off well, intriguing, etc., but soon becomes dull. Nothing really interesting happens. It does not go anywhere. Over three hours of people talking, 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 and talking, and with no emotions. If you suffer from insomnia, watch this. Very good. (laughs) Well, that's a hateful review. Ah, <laughs> uh, very good. Excellent work. Well, next week Ali Fear Eats the Soul shorter. You'll appreciate that. Uh, easier to ingest. Arguably his his most famous film. Mm. So people love will... that film. Yeah. Well, mm. you know, just I I look forward to seeing if we go up or down <laughs> uh, for you pe- for you people in your viewing experience. <laughs> Anything could happen. So let's see what happens. Well, we said what we said. So we said. Yep. At this at this point. <laughs> yeah, at this point doesn't really matter, yeah. does it? Until next time, long live the new flesh and remember, Cyboob Cinema will save, save cinema. 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 The shitter that goes, the better. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs>